Hey everyone, welcome to the Naz Church Weekly Message Podcast. Here you will listen to the preaching pastors from the Naz in Grove City, Ohio. We pray you are inspired by their teachings. I'll never forget uh, sitting in my office in Naples, Florida, talking to a family who was interested in joining our church. Uh, They'd been coming for a few weeks, their kids enjoyed it, Um, they enjoyed it. They said there's very few places we've been where our kids stay engaged and we stay engaged and so we're liking it and we're thinking about joining your church, but we've got some questions. Wonderful, the first question was asked by the wife. She looked at me and she said, we need to know something right off the bat. Do you believe in the sovereignty of God? Do you believe God is sovereign? I said, well, uh, the answer that I gave, the response that I gave uh, perplexes people sometimes because I didn't give the answer that most people thought I would give initially. Uh, Most people think the answer is just, yeah, you just said, yeah, pastor, but I didn't. What I said was, we don't believe that that is God's primary attribute. So there's gonna be some things that pop up on the screen here for you to fill in the blank. If you've got your notes at home, if you're watching online at home, you can go to the nas.church slash home guide and print off the home guide. Those who are in the building, you can do that later. And there's a place that you can follow along with what I'm saying, but if you just get out your NAS app, you can fill in these blanks. What I said to her was, we believe God is sovereign. We believe God is sovereign, but we don't believe that that is his primary attribute. We believe that the primary attribute of God is holy love. Now, what we mean by that is not love the way the world speaks of love, not all the kind of crazy things that you'll hear sometimes. It means God has determined what love is. He is love, so he gets to define what that means. And um, while he is sovereign, that's not what guides everything that he does. See, I I, I knew, I thought there was another question behind the question that she was asking. I was correct. I said, what, why do you ask? And she said, well, this week, uh, my neighbor lost her two-year-old daughter. Uh, Her two-year-old daughter drowned in the pool. They'd gone somewhere and had a babysitter come over and the babysitter was talking on the phone to her boyfriend and the two-year-old drowned. And so I told her, don't worry, God is sovereign. It's all part of his plan. I don't know why your daughter had to drown, but God knows why she had to. I was just like, "Uh, no, I'm not there on that right now. I'm not ready to jump there. Your daughter drowned because a babysitter was talking on the phone. God has given us free will. God has allowed us to rule our own lives or submit our lives to him. But he's given us free will. So as we talked through that, uh, I've thought about what's going on today. Is God in control? Is God in charge? Because people call me, people come to the church as they see me out and around. Um, I get questions. Hey, Pastor Dale, what do you think of this coronavirus thing? That's kind of open-ended. What do you mean by that? And they're going, well, you know, is this, is this God's judgment upon our nation? Do you think this is part of God's wrath? It's like one of the plagues in Egypt, uh, you know, against America. I'm going, well... Have you watched the news? This isn't only happening in America. It's happening all over the world. So let's learn a little geography. Um, It's happening all over. So, oh, okay. So it's all over the world. Do you think this is God's judgment on the world, pastor? I don't, you know, I'm not real sure about that. Well, pastor, what do you think about masks? Good, bad. Are masks, I think masks and hand sanitizer are the mark of the beast. Because it said, you know, they'll wear something on their forehead 
and they'll have something on their hands. And um, so we have sanitizer on our hands and we've got masks on now. Is that the mark of the beast? I'm like, oh my goodness, no. What do you think about, Pastor? What do you, what do you think? Should we, wear, should we have to wear masks? Is it a conspiracy? Is this whole big thing a conspiracy? I'm going, I don't know. Uh, others come on, Pastor, what about do you think this is the sign of the end times? that Jesus is about to come back. You know, in the book of Revelation and all those things, is this one of those manifestations and plagues that has been released on us, not like Egypt, but like the end times? So Jesus is getting ready to come back soon. Well, I don't know. Well, pastor, what about, do you, what about all this racism stuff that's going on that we're talking about? What about that? What about schools going back? Should kids have to go back to school or not have to go back to school? Are they trying to keep us at home so that we can't, pastor, what about all this other, pastor? What about, I'm going, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. And then on the bottom line, most every time it comes back around to pastor, where is God in the midst of all this? Is, is Satan causing this stuff to happen or is God causing this stuff to happen? If God's in control, then what's going on? What are we to be doing? What do we do with this? So into that question, I would like to talk to you a little bit about the throne of God. Uh, in the midst of that, where is God? What does it mean to say that God reigns, that God rules, that God is sovereign, that God's in control, that God's in charge? Because I do believe that God is sovereign. I just don't believe that's his primary attribute. And so I'm gonna talk to you today about four different aspects real quick of what it means to be on a throne because we don't have a king in America, uh, despite what some people might want you to think. Uh, we don't have a king. Uh, we have a, a, a different type of government, right? We have a government with checks and balances. And what I want to say to you is sometimes in the world in which we live, we can take the world in which we live and begin to apply it to God and the world rather than taking God's concept of the world and beginning to apply it where we live. And so I'm going to talk to you real quick about our, our form of government that we have here in America. We have a republic. We have checks and balances. We have three branches of government and then other sub-branches below that. But the three main branches of government, I'm gonna to talk to you about those in terms of the throne. Not be, I'm not trying to say God is working in each of the three branches of our government. I'm just using those three to give us a context of how we can understand rule and how things happen and how things reign. Does that make sense? Okay, I can kind of see you through your mask, shake your head, you're following me. Here's what I'm gonna say. Um, our God is ruler and king, he's creator, okay? So think of that in terms of of the executive branch of government, right? Okay, so the, the leader, the person that's in charge. Um, in Revelation 4, we see people gathered around the throne of God and they're all shouting, holy, holy, holy. In, in Isaiah chapter six, we see Isaiah going to the throne room of God. It's a picture of him going behind this veil and what's called the holy of holies in the temple where once a year, the high priest was allowed to go and speak to God and make sacrifice on the altar. Um, and so once a year, that could happen. And Isaiah goes in there one time and he catches a vision of the entire throne room of God in heaven and what's going on. And what begins to happen when we're caught in that kind of a moment is a sense of, oh my goodness, I thought I was smart or I thought I was clean or I thought I was righteous, but compared to God, I'm nothing. I mean, he reigns, he rules, he created everything. There is no one like him, right? So that's, that's one of the ways in which God reigns. He's, he's the executive branch. He says how things go, right? The next branch we have kind of as a check and balance is our, um, our legislative branch. That's those who like write the laws. That's our, 
are House and Senate that make up the Congress of the United States, right? So they, they, they write down the laws, they begin to vote on those, they put those things together, and then our president signs them. It's kind of a check and balance that we have. Um, so that's kind of like in Exodus uh, chapter 34 in Deuteronomy, we see God giving us the law. He gives us 10 commandments, right? And so God gave us the law. If we read through Leviticus and Numbers, all those huge numbers of laws, uh, what we read as we read those things is here's what God told them to do. Here's what God told the people. So God gives the laws. God makes sure that they're enforced. God signs them into action. And then lastly, in our, in our day and age, we have what's called the judicial branch. The judicial branch is our judges, right? We have a Supreme Court and they rule on things and they vote uh, on whether something's right or wrong. And quite often right now we get votes, they're like five to four all the time, right? We get these weird votes that are one off. And so how do we begin to vote on what is the judgment and what's correct? And then we have people that write from the losing side and the winning side uh, or the, the dissenting vote. And here's what we thought. Here's why we thought what we did. Do you realize with God on the throne, we don't have that? He made the laws. He enforces the laws. He's the judge. He understands. He is sovereign. He's over everything. That's what it means for God to be sovereign. Last but not least, there's another branch uh, that's not really one of the major branches, but it comes up a lot. Uh, how much authority does our president have over the military, our defense? You know, think of the Pentagon for me. Who tells them what to do and how to do it? Sometimes the Congress feels like the president can't. Sometimes they can. But in our, in our country, our president is the commander in chief. I would say to you, God is the commander in chief. We see in the, in the book of Kings, uh, one of the prophets talks about a vision that he had of the throne room of God and surrounding him are the hosts of heaven, the armies of God, ready to come back and bring judgment and do what they need to. They fight for God. They're at his command, they're at his strong right hand, you will read throughout scripture, that he will come down and wipe things out here and there. So you've got this time where you begin to look at the throne of God, and it's something that's way off, it's in heaven. Jesus tells people, hey, don't swear by the heavens, for they are God's throne, nor the earth, for it's God's footstool, right? I remember one time, uh, somebody told me, they read the Bible literally, and I said, no, you don't. They said, yes, I do. I said, show me God's feet. And they said, what do you mean? I said, well, the Bible clearly says that the earth is God's footstool. So show me his feet. They said, well, that's a metaphor. I said, it can't be a metaphor. You told me you read it literally. Get the fun there? So what does it mean to say that God's throne is in heaven? What they're trying to say is God is transcendent from us. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He extends above creation because he created it. He is the maker of it. If you're ever wondering, is there someone who has control over this thing, who could take control and make things happen? Yes, there is. It is God. He sits on the throne. He created us. He made us. He gave us the laws by which the, the whole world operates and functions. He then wrote down laws to help us learn how to live. And one day he will judge don't worry, he has the commander, he's the commander of all the armies of heaven. So I look at that and I think, okay, is God sovereign? <laughs> yes, God is sovereign. He has all of that power. So what does that mean for you and me as we live right now in the middle of a pandemic? Where is God? Is he some absentee landlord that's kind of just watching things play out? Is this exactly the way he wanted things to happen? Is God up in the heavens wringing his hands going, oh my goodness, they're messing this up. They're not doing this right if they would only not wear masks, if they would only wear masks, if they would only not go out in public, if they would not, oh my goodness, I never knew that they would do this. That's not what God's doing. 
God's not up in the heavens thinking we've really messed up his plan, but neither is God up in the heavens manipulating everything that's going on. God, if we read what scripture said, is calling you and me to allow him to live in and through us, to allow him to be who he wants to be right now in this time. So I'm gonna stop right here. I hope I've helped you understand God is on the throne. I hope I've helped you understand God is reigning and ruling. This is what it means for him to reign and rule. It means he's created everything. He's given us the laws. He's the one who judges the laws. He's the one who's in control. So what does it mean for us to be living in the world that we're living in right now? If he's in control, why do things look the way that they do right now? Is he wanting to wipe us out? Is this just some sort of fun game that's going on? I don't think it's any of those things. The bad news is I'm gonna tell you what I think it is in part two of the message it's not next week. It's going to be today. You can hold on for just a minute. Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to do that to you. Uh, Pastor Bailey's going to come up here, though, in just a second. We're going to talk a minute about some exciting things going on in the life of our church. I think there's close to 30 people that have signed up to get baptized this week, and that ends today. Uh, there's other great things. I want to thank you, though, as a congregation. Uh, your faithfulness and generosity and your giving, I know times have been tough. Times have been weird. Uh, despite the CARES Act stimulus and other things, there are people in our congregation who have lost jobs. Uh, there are people who have retired. There are people who have gotten sick uh, in the midst of this. Um, it's been exciting to watch you as families uh, continue to take your steps, helping your kids get plugged in, um, watching us serve out in the community. I want to say thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness in stepping up to serve. Thank you for your faithfulness in getting out in the community. And I'm telling you right now, all of these things, because it's time to step up even more. The fall is coming, and we've opened up children's ministries. Uh, preschool ministries will be opening up in the next few weeks. Our youth have begun meeting this last Wednesday night. They'll be meeting on Wednesday nights. Many of the things that we were doing out in the community, they kind of pulled back a little bit during the summer. We've still been making preparations and getting ready for that. And so as school starts back, there'll be more school lunches that we'll have to deliver to kids that are stuck at home and, and aren't be able to be a part of those programs unless we step in. So know that as a church, we are poised and ready and have already been in conversations to make sure that those things are happening. And so we want to thank you, but also want to say to you, if you're looking for an area to step up and start serving, now's the time. Uh, if you've been wondering, is the church really doing anything? I mean, I don't see us except online or different things. Is the church still active? We are uh, in the community and here. And so you'll see, and hopefully you have been seeing the things that are going on and the new things that will be happening. But thank you for your continued generosity and for how God is working in and through you. And uh, I'm gonna share some news. Somebody just came up a little while ago, believe it or not, in the middle of the pandemic and just showed me they just got engaged. It wasn't me, uh, but that just happened. And so I'm excited to say you're looking at the future with hope. You know that in the midst of everything that's going on, God is working. Thank you for being that kind of church. Thank you for your continued generosity. Pastor Bailey, would you come up and take offering and talk to us a little bit? Absolutely. And we just want to say again, thank you for your continued generosity through giving of your tithes and offerings. And so we're about to participate together in worship through the giving of our tithes and offerings because we know that everything we have is from God, through God, and for God. And so we know that this offering, everything that we have is from him. And so as we give back to him, it gives back to our community. It is being the hands and feet of God in our community. And so I just want to remind you a couple quick ways of the ways that you can continue to give and participate in worship in this way. Of course, if you are here in person, you can take your offering or your tithe in an envelope and just drop it off in the drop box as you exit the building. Or of course, you can send it through the mail. And if you're online or even if you're here in person, 
and you want the no contact kind of giving, a lot of people have turned to this. I know that I do this personally. You can go through the NAS app, which is a perfect way to connect with your church family, but it's also an awesome way to continue to give. And you can also go to the nas.church slash give to give that way. But as you guys are giving, maybe you're giving now, maybe you're going to give after the end of service. No matter when you're giving or how you're giving, let's just lift this up to God and lay it at the feet of the Father. So let's pray together. God, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you for this opportunity to give, that you have given this to us and that maybe through us giving it back to you, it'll bring glory to you, for you in our community. That you would use this in a way that it is the hands and feet of you in our community that would reflect your love, your mercy, your grace, that it would show your people just how much you care about them. That it would be us taking our cup that you've given us and pouring it out for others. But God, we just pray that you would bless this, that you would use it in a mighty, mighty way, in a way that we wouldn't even be able to imagine or understand. And that you would bless the rest of this service by just sending your Holy Spirit to be with us today. But we love you and we praise your name. Amen. As Pastor Dale said, a lot of your offerings and tithes during this time have been able to help reach out into our community to help others take their next step, next steps towards Christ together. And you know that that's something that we believe in, something that is very near and dear to the heart of our church. And this past week, we have been able to celebrate people doing just that, taking their next steps through baptism. Some of you may have already seen online a little bit of a clip of a video of a many people being baptized and just being celebrated with as they took that step. And I have good news for you today that maybe if you are thinking about that, if you've had that little tug on your heartstrings, that maybe that is your next step, it's not too late. There are still times that you can sign up for today to be baptized. You'll be baptized on campus here. If you're in person, you may have seen the baptismal outside. It's been wheeled out. And we are ready to celebrate safely with those of you who have taken that next step. Because God is moving in this pandemic. He has not stopped just because of COVID. And so if that's your next step, we would love to celebrate with you. Just go to the nas.church slash baptism to sign up there. And if you're in person here today in the building, if you go out in the lobby right outside these doors, there will be someone with an iPad ready to help you sign up, get everything you need to be baptized today. And we would love to celebrate that with you. And along with celebration, we have a night of worship and prayer coming up a week from today, August 30th at 6 p.m. That'll be right here in the worship center. We are worshiping together in a socially distant way, but we would love to have you join us for that. We are ready to pray with you, to lift up things to God that you are struggling with, or to celebrate with you on the ways that he has moved during this time of social distancing. So we would love to have you come join us. And if you're watching online, we are going to stream this, and we are going to have a team of our prayer warriors ready to pray with you, to lift up and pray and celebrate with you during this time as well. So we would love to have you guys join us for that August 30th. And upcoming in September, starting September 18th, we have the 10 days of prayer. This is gonna be a time of prayer, of repentance, of fasting. We are so excited and just ready in expectation of what God is going to do during this time. And so as we lead up to this time of prayer, these 10 days, we have a couple resources that will be helpful for you during this time, but also to prepare us as we lead up to it. And so if you wanna go check those out, it's at the nas.church slash prayer. And we would love for you to mark your calendars, to prepare for this, and to just join in with us during this time of prayer. But at this time, let's turn our eyes towards Pastor Dale and this lovely throne for the rest of the sermon. <laughs> lovely throne it is. In fact, I'll, I'll tell you more about that later. But one of the, uh, 
one of the older people in church texted me after the first service and says, yeah, I'm, I'm upset at you. I said, about what this time? Um, and so what I do, and he said, uh, no, no, no. He said, um, that throne you had up there, where'd you get it? I said, why? He said, well, my wife wants me to get her one for her birthday. Now I gotta get a throne for my wife. It's like, well, I, we'll see about that. Um, as Pastor Bailey said, this time that we're gonna be spending in prayer, uh, it's gonna be part of a series we're starting next month. Uh, we're gonna spend a whole month talking about uh, prophecy and apocalyptic literature. So these questions that you have about the end times, you know, the apocalypse, uh, the revelation, the book of John, uh, there's apocalyptic literature in the book of Daniel, some other places in scripture. Uh, we're gonna be walking through those to say, where is God in the midst of all this? The name of the series, believe it or not, is called The End of the World as we know it. And so that's where we are. We're gonna be walking through that and saying, okay, what does this mean specifically about how we live as believers? What is, what is going on in our world and what does scripture have to say about that? And some of you may have thought I was gonna really dive into that today. Today, I wanted you to get the foundation of the understanding that whether you're in apocalyptic literature or whether you're in prophetic literature, what we're trying to say is this, the prophets usually preach during times when things are going really good. And they're looking at the people, they're looking at the people of Israel, they're looking at the church and they're saying, I know things look really good, but you are not living the way God has called you to. And you need to repent. You need to turn back to him. You need to really turn your eyes to him and let him reign and rule in your life. That's what the prophets tend to preach. Very rarely do we see the people actually do that. Whenever we see them do that, God calls off the things that are to come. In apocalyptic literature, you have the opposite happening. You have things going very badly. You have plagues, you have diseases, you have people being, the church being persecuted, things going on. Sound familiar? And um, the prophets begin to say, the book of John specifically, the apocalyptic literature says this, hey, um, I know it looks bad. I know things aren't looking good right now, but God is still on the throne and he's coming again. And this world is not our home. Uh, there are other things that are to come, but you need to realize that if he's reigning up there, he needs to be reigning in you. And how are you living in light of these things that are going on? You can know the signs of the times, but there's sometimes you can't do anything about them except know them. The thing that we do know is what God has called us to do and how he's called us to live. Let's live that. So anyway, that's next month, the end of the world. As we know it, we're gonna have fun. And I'm gonna talk to you about the end of the world and some things that changed uh, as we switch this sermon now to part two. Jesus is on the cross at the end of Matthew chapter 27, uh, right before he dies and as he dies, we read this. It's found in Matthew 27, verse 50 and 51. Jesus shouted out again and he released his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now, earlier I told you about Isaiah going in behind this curtain, going into the Holy of Holies to see God, to speak to God. The high priest could do that once a year. He made sacrifice for the sins of the people. Uh, the book of Hebrews will tell us the veil was torn in two to help us understand that there is now access for us to come directly to God. The book of Hebrews says that you and I can come boldly before the throne of grace, knowing that Christ has made the sacrifice for us, that he is now our high priest, that he prays for us, that he intercedes on the right hand of the throne of God. In fact, Christ is seated on the throne of God. So we can come knowing that he has made the sacrifice for our sins. We can live in that. That's one aspect of looking at why the veil in the temple was, was rent in two. I would say that there's another reason that the veil 
was torn in two. And it was for this. When, when we look at the Old Testament, uh, when we read the, the older parts of the Bible before Jesus came, there was this sense of God being up in the heavens doing his thing. And every once in a while, he'd like zip down and mess around with his finger and destroy things and do things. But God was always out there. And the only way that we could get to God was if he decided to come down or if the priest went into the Holy of Holies and prayed and did his thing. That was the only way people had full access to God. When the veil rips from top to bottom, it's not just saying that you and I now have access to God. It's also saying this, that portal between heaven and earth, from earth to heaven has now been opened the opposite way. And God wants to live in you. God's unleashing himself all over this earth if you're open to it and you're ready for it. Now, I'm gonna read you one passage of scripture um, out of the book of Jeremiah. It's gonna kind of point to the fact that God had prophesied this. He had talked about this. Uh, we'll talk a lot about Jesus living in us. You accept Jesus, invite him into your heart. I've heard some scholars say, you evangelicals need to quit saying that. It makes no sense. Kids get confused and the Bible doesn't say anything about, you know, inviting Jesus into your heart. That sounds real cute, but that's not a real thing. And I would say to you, contraire mon frere, it is a real thing. And it is in the Bible. And so that's French. I'm good at that. Um, so, I, of course, I learned it from the Simpsons, but that doesn't matter. Um, so in Jeremiah, <clears throat> verse 31 to 34, of Jer and there's a passage where Jeremiah is looking at us. And he says, the day is coming, says the Lord, when I'm going to make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, though I loved them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. They will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives saying, you should know the Lord. For everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, says the Lord. And I will forgive them their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. So I want you to hear this. I want you to repeat this after me. Say this, I want God's laws written on my heart. That's what God wants to do. This 10 commandments where they're written in stone, he says, I don't want that. In fact, in the book of Ezekiel, he says something very similar. He says, this people that's there, I wanna take out of you this heart of stone. It's not that the commandments are stone, it's that your heart is stone. I wanna take out a heart of stone and put within you a heart of flesh so that you can begin to feel, it'll be my heart within you that's living and beating and you'll understand how to go. See, as a judge, we often think of God judging us by all these rules. But God tells us very plainly, I'm not judging you by the rules. Man looks at the outward appearance, I look at your hearts. I'm looking at not only what you did, but what drove you to do those things. See, we wanna judge people by all these rules and things that go on and God's saying, I, I wanna put that in your heart so you understand the meaning behind the laws. You understand my heart and how I want you to live. That's what I'm wanting to do in and through you. Well, how can he do that? Well, throughout the New Testament, uh, there's about seven scriptures. If you've got your notes, if you took out your NAS app, it'll be in the notes. If you're watching online, you can go to the nas.church slash home guide. Uh, ev actually, everyone can do that. If you leave church today, you can go home, go to the nas.church slash home guide. There are seven scriptures. 
uh, that are there, one for each day of this next week that you can look at that talk about God living in our hearts. In Romans 8.10, it says, um, Christ is in you. So you're, though your, your body's dead, your spirit of Christ is alive in you. There's passages of scripture that say um, that God was pleased to reveal his son in me. God is wanting to live inside of you and me. So people that say, oh, that's not what he's talking about. Now, it doesn't mean literally. If you're a kid in here today watching, um, that doesn't mean if I've invited Jesus into my heart, that if they go and they take an x-ray of my heart, there'll be this little dude jumping around going, woo, I'm, I'm Jesus, I'm here, I'm in your heart now. That's not what that's saying, okay? And sometimes we can get mixed up on some of the metaphors. What they're trying to say is that thing that moves you, that thing that guides and directs you, not just your brain, but the very seat of your emotions that moves you, that's where I wanna live. That's where I wanna be. I had a friend who had one that said, really, when we feel that weird feeling when we feel, when we have love or something for somebody or anger or whatever, it's not usually up here, we feel it in here. And so we had a sign that said, I love you with all my liver. That doesn't sound quite, yeah, it's gross, it doesn't sound quite as good. So we say heart, okay? So when we're inviting Jesus into our heart, What we're basically saying is this, I want you to live in the place from which I am moved, from which I do things. Uh, I can know something in my head, but until it moves me, doesn't really matter. So I don't wanna just know you in my head. I wanna have the mind of Christ, but I want you alive inside me, living and moving. And so um, there's some things I'm gonna talk about real quick. There's actually four other bonus verses besides those seven where if you get through those seven this week and you're going, I wanna learn more, there's four others. If you wanna learn more, call me, email me. Um, I'd be happy to talk to you about this because it's basically what we're gonna be talking about the rest of this message. Now, I'm gonna pull away from the scripture a bit, but try and help bring some of these scriptures together in a way that we can understand. Uh, there's a sermon series we preached a while back um, called My Heart, Christ's Home that talks about the different rooms in our house. And that's taken from an analogy that's been used for a long time. It's actually in the home guide. You can click and go out and read the little pamphlet, the book that talks about that. But I'm gonna use an analogy today that's come from a Campus Crusade for Christ or Crew, as many of you know it. A guy by the name of Bill Bright wrote this where it talks about how we as believers uh, can live in Christ and how the throne of our hearts uh, can begin to allow him to reign and rule in and through us. And so for a little while, I'm gonna spend some time over here. And I want you to picture this big red area um, on which this throne is uh, kind of lit up as my, my heart, okay? And that this place right here, this is the throne of my heart. This is who rules and reigns in my life. But I want, there's somebody else that needs to be a part of this and that's Jesus. And um, I called him and he wasn't able to be here today uh, in person. Um, in the flesh, and so Pastor David's in the front row, so I'm gonna yank him up here. Uh, Pastor David, would y'all give Pastor David a hand? Um, So I knew that if you saw him here, you would realize that's not Jesus. So I've made him a sign, so you know this is Jesus, okay? So Pastor David represents Jesus, so can you scoot over that way for a little bit, please? Thank you, out of the way, thank you. Um, So this is how some of us live our lives before we become believers, right? I'm, I'm on the throne of my life. I'm the one who reigns, I'm the one who rules, I'm the one that is in charge. That's what happens when I'm on the throne. That's how most of us live. Uh, that's how, how we think things ought to be. And as we begin to, to move and change in our relationship with Christ, things, things shift a bit. And it may be that I begin to explore this Jesus guy and he comes a, a little closer. 
at times, and other times when I'm doing things I don't want to do, you can move away a little bit. I just like studying you and looking at you. That's fun. Um, and then maybe he comes a little bit closer where eventually we get to this place where we do what we, we talk about very often, which is asking Christ to forgive me of my sins and to live in my life. I've been looking at him. I've been exploring him. But, I, you know, I want him to move in. And so, yeah, right about there. And he, and he becomes part of my heart. And so he lives in me, right? So now Christ has come to live in me and it's an exciting time. We've taken that step uh, of accepting Jesus as my savior and he becomes one of the priorities of my life. Does that make sense? And so if you wanna fill in the blank, we'll, we'll put that down. Becomes one of my priorities. Say, Jesus is one of my priorities. That was very weak. Some of you are not real sure. Say it again, Jesus is one of my priorities. That sounds great. So those of you that have made that step, that's a great thing. Some of you may not have been able to even say that yet. You're still looking at this Jesus guy and wondering about that. Uh, but as we grow in our relationship with Christ, there's moments if we're spending time in his word, if we're continuing to pray, I find out that, you know, I, I pray to this Jesus guy. And when I pray to him, you know, I feel better. Um, I, my, my emotions feel better. I understand that there's someone that's there that, you know, that Jesus is in heaven and he reigns and he rules. And so if he's out there and um, then, then he's on my side, that's good. I mean, you fight my battles. You know, I, this is how I fight my battles. I pray and you go and you, you do those things for me. That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus would not be wearing a mask, by the way, but he, Pastor David is. Um, Jesus is, um, he doesn't get COVID, I don't think. So as David's there, there's also a place where I may say to, to David, uh, or to Jesus, I mean, not to David. Do not ask David into your heart, sorry. If I ask Jesus and say, um, you know, as, as we're growing closer, I, I need to ask you more. Can you move closer and, and become like more of making, I wanna make you first place in my life. I want you to be my right-hand guy. You know, God is my co-pilot. I need you here leading me. And when, I, when I've got questions about things, I have found you have great answers. Um, when I need to fight battles, I have found you are my warrior. And so if there's people that I want you to take out, I'm gonna pray, fight my battles, right? And so I, I've learned that this Jesus guy is good. And I've learned that in every area of my life, um, he is great. And so I asked Jesus to move in and he actually becomes the number one priority in my life. There's moments where as we grow in Christ, Jesus takes first place on my list of priorities. He becomes my closest guide and advisor. And so now many of us begin to live our lives that way. And we find, oh my goodness, the closer I am to Christ and the closer I stay to him, he becomes even more a part of my life. My life becomes even better. It's like he created me and he knows how life should be. This is awesome. I like having him here as my right-hand guy. And most of us would go, that's phenomenal, but you might see there's a problem with this. You see, earlier I was, I was telling Jesus how close to come, how far to come, and now I've got him right here, and I'm still kind of though, he's my advisor, but who's still in control? Who's still on the throne? Me. So there comes a time in many of our lives we realize God doesn't want to just be a part of our life. He doesn't even want to be the number one priority in our life. As we pray, as we grow, as we begin to read God's word, hopefully we'll begin to understand the God that was the creator that made the whole earth, he probably knows what's best. He created me. The God who gave us all the laws and knows how life should be lived, he now lives in me. What does that mean? The God who can fight my battles, the God who is the judge, the God who knows what's best all the time, if he knows what's best 
and he created me, and he created this throne, why am I still on the throne? What if I could have God living and reigning in me, and I just said, God, you take over. You take everything. When God moves to this position, when Jesus, and I keep using God and Jesus interchangeably because Jesus is God. When I allow Jesus to take full control and live on the throne of my life, you know what happens? Jesus is no longer a priority in my life. He's no longer even the priority in my life. Jesus now sets the priorities of my life. Do you see the difference? Where now I'm not going to Jesus for consulting anymore. Now I say, Lord, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. What do you want done? Tell me, I will do it. Because I've learned when you're in control of my life, things are way better. When you're in control of my life, it may not always go exactly what I want, but in the long run, things end up working out way better. You know what's best for me. You know the future. You know what it holds. You live and reign in me. You do what you want. And so instead of going and saying, hey, Lord, um, here's what I would like for you to do for me today. This seems like really good things and I've been praying about them. So can you help this happen? Even if they're good and godly things, I now come back and when I'm praying, I'm saying, okay, Lord, here I am. What do you want to do in and through me? And God begins to have conversation and begin to say to me, here's, here's what I want you to do. Here's what my word says. Here's where I need you to go. Here's how I need you to live in these moments. And now I'm, my life is lived with him leading and guiding me. Folks, this is a struggle. I'm not telling you this is easy. You're going to go do this and life's like, boom, life's perfectly easy all the time. Because what begins to happen in us is there's these moments where I want God to be my advisor still. To be honest, I still like to advise God a little bit, right? When God tells me things that need to happen, God, you misunderstand. You're not seeing what's going on. If you really saw what was going on, you'd know this is what's happening. This is what needs to take place, right? In the book of Romans, Paul talks to those of us that are in this very kind of a situation. Uh, Romans chapter 11, verses 33 to 36 says this. Um, It'll be up on the screens. Uh, I'm going to be quoting it from a different version. I apologize for that, but it says the same thing. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable are his ways. For who has ever known the mind of the Lord? Or who's ever been his counselor? Who's ever given God a gift first? that God should give you something in return. Because from him and through him and to him are all things. So to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. What he's saying is this. Paul is saying this. God created it. God keeps it in existence. And at the very end, it's all going to go back to God. It's all. So if that's the case, who are you to think you're going to tell him what to do with it? You're but dust. The only thing that holds you together is he loves you. It's not that he wants to be creator and sovereign over you. That's just who he is. He can't help it. That's who he is. But you know what else he can't help? He loves you. Uncontrollably, he loves you. No matter what you've done, he loves you. He died for you knowing you were going to do those things. And he loves you. But what he's begun to say is, I want this seat. (laughs) I want to be here. In fact, you know that that place in your heart that is a throne that you sit on? I created that too. And I know why I created it. And I know what it's supposed to do. And it's supposed to help you live in my image. And the only way you can do that is if you let me not only live in you, but let me sit on the throne. But there's times in my life where I, you know, God's doing an okay job, but you know, 
can I take the wheel again? You know, <laughs> can I? It was, it was a little bit easier when I was driving. God, you, you do things sometimes that make me uncomfortable. And so it's easier if I, and I don't, I don't know that I necessarily say it that way. It probably happens to me more like this. Over the last few months during COVID, um, <clears throat> there have been moments where I've gone to pray. Uh, someone comes and they talk to me and some crazy stuff uh, they're telling me about, or they're not happy with me about something or whatever. And as those things begin to happen, I can get nervous and I get worried and I get scared. And so I go and I pray, Lord, what's going on? What do we need to do about this? How are we going to work through this? And the more I fix my eyes on him and let him begin to take the throne back, I'm going, oh, wow, things are much more peaceful now. But then you know what happens? Someone else comes and talks to me and they tell me about something else that's going bad. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What am I going to do? What am I going to do about this? Um, oh, my. And I get panicked and I'm frustrated. And as I start praying, I'm like, Oh, but Lord, if you're, if you're on the throne, it does, you're, you're in charge, right? And what's, begin, what's been going on in me is this sense of back and forth and back. Is God in control or is God not in control? And I felt through this whole time of COVID, I'll be totally honest with you, there's moments that I get worried or concerned. But what I found is as I'm praying, as I'm spending more time with God, as I'm spending more time focused and realizing, oh, you're on the throne. I forgot, you're on the throne. If you're on the throne, things are gonna work out. You've got me in your hands. It might not go well in the short run. Things might turn out bad in the short run, but you know what's best. I can trust in you. And I keep going back and forth. And the other day I was praying. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be open with you. I was praying, going back and forth saying, God, um, you know, it seems like I keep getting worried and then I'll pray. And then and somebody else comes and I'm worried and then I pray. And, and every time, once I'm, once I'm praying, I know you're in control so why can't I just constantly remember you're in control? Why do I have to keep spending all this time going in prayer to you? God, it seems like I'm praying to you all throughout the day. <laughs> I felt like God said, almost like you're praying without ceasing, like I told you to do in the Bible. It's like, oh, yeah. So, but God, I just keep feeling so weak. He said, remember in my word, I said, when you're weak, I'm strong. So maybe this time right now, it's crazy. I'm not saying that God is causing it. What I'm saying is in the middle of all the crazy time, what God is teaching me is that maybe when I'm weak, he is strong. Maybe if I begin to pray without ceasing, like he's told me to do, I begin to understand that it doesn't matter what's happening in this life all around me. God knows what's happening. And if I am letting him reign and rule in my life, the peace of Christ dwells in my heart. And as Peter says in the book, 1 Peter 3, uh, verse 15, let the peace of Christ reign in your hearts. Let him rule, let him lead. Here's the bottom line. There are many of you in here today who you may be like I showed a minute ago where I was sitting on the throne and Jesus was out here to the side and you're thinking about Jesus and you're ready to invite him into your heart and you're looking at me talking about Jesus being on the throne and you're going, dude, I am not even close to that. I'm nowhere near to that. One of, the, one of the great things we talk about here in our mission statement is we're here to help people take their next step toward Jesus Christ together. And today I've, I've talked to you about a relationship with Christ and I've walked through a number of steps that continue to go deeper and deeper or higher and higher, however you wanna look at it, where Christ begins to take more priority in my life. And you may say, well, I'm at the spot where I'm just, I'm just ready to say, Lord, I need you. <laughs> I don't know that I've learned to trust you yet. And I hear Pastor Dale saying, you're, you're reigning and you're ruling on the throne, but it doesn't look like it on this earth. 
So can I take some baby steps to be, begin to trust you and, and, and let you begin to reign in my life? Here's the crazy thing. The God who, who is the judicial branch and the legislative branch and the executive branch and the Department of Defense, um, he is all those things. He still says, I'll take the steps as you call me because it's the throne of your heart and I'm not gonna sit there unless you let me. So as I look at you, church family, and I ask you, in the midst of this pandemic, is God sovereign? My answer for you is yes, God is sovereign. He created everything from him, through him, to him are all things. So to him be the glory forever and ever. But the question becomes, are you gonna do what the next, very next verse in the book of Romans says, which is this, therefore, since we know all those things, submit your bodies to God as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your spiritual service of worship. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. What Paul is saying is this, if Christ rules on your heart, if he is sitting on the throne of your heart, if you have submitted yourself and you've gotten out of the way and you've let him reign and rule, you know what God's will is? You will know. God will guide you. God will lead you in the midst of a pandemic. As you raise your kids, as you go to work, as you think about who you're gonna marry, as you look about how to take care of your parents, all of those things, God now begins to guide and direct you, but it takes you saying, here, God, take control. So here's what I'm gonna ask you. We're gonna sing a song here in just a minute. And uh, the very end of the song says, uh, all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him and in his presence daily live. The beginning of the song says this, God's mercy triumphs over his judgment. In between those two places, there are a bunch of steps. I'm not asking you today to take every step, but I'm saying to you this, if you've pictured yourself up on this throne, where's Jesus in your life? Where are you in your relationship with him? And what is the next step that you need to take? If you're ready to take that step and say, I'm gonna step from out here in this darkness into this area, this redness of my heart. Uh, I, I wanna accept Christ. I want him to forgive me of my sins. I, I want to have a better relationship with him. I wanna learn what it means to start to trust him. If you're ready to take that step, wherever you are right now, whether you're watching online or you're here in the building, would you just raise your hand real quick? Just raise your hand, leave your hand up. Uh, we're gonna pray in a moment. I'm not gonna have, we're not gonna have anybody gather around you. I just wanna want you to raise your hand. There's a place where you can click and say, I said yes in a little while and let us know that you've made that decision. But while you're raising your hands, I'm gonna look at the rest of us and ask this question. Are there any of you that are at that spot where Jesus has kind of been in this red area or he's even moved up here, but he's not been on the throne yet? He is not reigning and ruling. You're still sitting on the throne. Here's what I would like you to do. If you're ready for Jesus to reign in your life, for Jesus to rule in your life, so it doesn't matter if there's a pandemic or not a pandemic, God is gonna be leading and guiding you and you don't have to worry about the things that are coming against you. If you're willing to do that, if you're willing to say, I'm ready for that step, would you stand right where you are? If you're at home, stand up there in your family room, stand up at the kitchen table and say, God, I want you to take control of my life. I want you to be in charge. There may be somebody in here today who says, you know, Pastor Dale, I've done that. I've let him have control of my life, but I've, I've done like you did. I've scooted in and let him 
get out and I need to step back up again. Would you just stand wherever you are here in this building if you're ready to take that stand? Would you just stand up right where you are at home at your kitchen table? Place to say, God, I know you've created everything. I know you've made everything. I know you made my heart to be that place where you reign in your rule and I'm ready to let you do that. I'm gonna ask you if you would to bow your heads with me and let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd be with us right now. The people of home that have stood up, for the people that are here in this room that have stood up and said, Lord, I'm ready for you to reign in my life. Lord, I thank you for those that raised their hands and said, I'm just ready to take that first step. Lord, there may be others in here who are, they're at various stages. They're ready to take a stand and say, Father, I want you to, I want you to reign in my life. I want you, I want you to at least come closer. <laughs> Lord, I pray that whatever it is you're calling them to do right now, people would say yes. Whatever their next step is, people would be ready to say yes. Lord, live in us. Reign in us. Make us the people you created us to be and you've died for us to be. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. I'll share with you something that um, I shared with the first service. As I, as I prepared this sermon, as I got ready for it, I got excited on, I think it was like Wednesday, as I was finishing some of this up and I was praying, um, kind of basically saying, okay, God, I think this is what you want. I'm listening. What is it you want me to say? And as I was going, I was, I was, I was preaching at God for you all, Okay. I was going, God, can you just imagine? I was like, he didn't know. I was going, God, just imagine if the people of the NAS stepped up and said, we're gonna let God reign in our hearts. Imagine how our city could be transformed and changed that people wouldn't wonder, what's it look like to live like a Christian? What would God be doing right now? They would see it in us. God, can you make that happen in our people? Wouldn't that be phenomenal? God, that would be so unbelievably awesome. And as I'm praying, it's like God said, that's awesome, Dale, that's a great thing. He didn't seem as, as enthused as I was. And I thought he'd be really enthused because it's a really great thing. And um, so as I'm praying that, as I'm getting all pumped up, I realized God wasn't quite as excited as I was. And um, so I said, uh, you know, I didn't say what's up, but I'm just like, Hey, what's going on? I just paused and was quiet for a little bit. Uh, and I felt like God said, are you ready for my question? Sure, God, what's your question? And he said, what would it be like if all those people had a leader who actually lived that out that they could see? That you quit getting on the altar and back off the altar and on the altar and back off the altar. So maybe this sermon wasn't for you. Maybe it was just for me. But I have a feeling it's for all of us. I'm gonna step down, we're gonna sing. If anywhere through this song, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna do the opposite of what we normally do. I'm gonna say, stay seated. But if there's a place during this song where you feel like I'm ready to say, Jesus, I surrender, I'm gonna give you the throne. I'm gonna let you reign and rule in me. Just feel free to stand and we're gonna pray for you today. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. Stay connected with us at thenaz.church.